0: Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Streaming. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.
1: Black one. Oh. Oh. Oh, right. Uh,
0: <laughs> consent. That's stupid football team. What football
2: team? You know, that that stupid blue football team from uh I was gonna say from Penn, you know, from Pennsylvania, but I guess you can say from New York too.
1: Although I was, I to all those Bills fans
2: out there, I'm not referring to you guys. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't wanna I don't wanna find out what happens. I, I like my tables.
1: So <laughs> Your tables. Oh that's great. Um I wanna just say things out loud so that I remember. One thing I thought about is we didn't actually explain what a schlub was last time. There might be people who don't know what a schlub is. Explain it right now. We're live, so do it. Oh, are you gonna you gonna include this on the thing? Oh yeah, yeah I, to- is, I told is, you. Yeah. I'm just I'm just
0: starting it. I'll I'll remind you like maybe one more okay. time after this. But we're just well, going. you might you can still you can
1: still cut shit out if you want to, right? I could. Yeah, but, but this is this yeah. is the banter. This is this is what the people yeah. are here for, right? All right. Well, a schlub <laughs> is is a is a Yiddish word. Yiddish is the language that the um, the Jews of Eastern Europe spoke. Um, most Americans who are of Jewish heritage, including myself, are descended from those Jews, and so schlub basically means bum. It's kind of just like a lazy sort of doofusy, kind of dirty, kind of bum. So that's what a schlub is for anybody who was wondering. And to be clear, that is you, right? I mean, I'm not actually really like a schlub. I think, weren't we joking that Matt is probably closer to a schlub? Didn't, Matt, didn't you say that? I or am not I'm putting words? I Am that. I putting words in your mouth, Oh, Anyways, we're, we're, I'm considered the schlub in the title because I'm the only one of Jewish heritage here, and you guys were the only jocks. I mean, I never played sports in school, whereas, whereas you guys both did. So... You That's threw a mean
2: slow curve though, and by mean I mean not mean at all.
1: Um uh I'll have you know that it was fucking nasty and people could not hit it. <laughs> okay. You, you maybe could, but most people couldn't. Most people in that league. That was like when Mike Buckmeyer said that he threw the the ball as hard
0: as he could and I hit it into the parking lot at <laughs> SRS. I was like, yeah. it didn't didn't matter. I could hit whatever I wanted to when I was twelve.
1: Well, right. Well, it's all about levels. Like in my in our the league where Matt and I played against each other my pitching was able to be really good against most people, but people at, at Matt's level, obviously could still hit me and could hit my curve. But most, most of those kids couldn't so. domination domination. I still remember your Homer against Waldo when we went to that tournament, when we were undefeated that year. Yeah. I thought we were going to win that. that game. I know was... we, we, I just, I remember cause you let off the game. That was the very first, first at bat of the pitch. game first pitch yeah, first pitch and i remember in the dugout like our team was so fucking pumped dude and we were like flying high we're like oh we got this and i think that didn't you get like the only hit of the game maybe maybe yeah, there's maybe, one or two maybe we had
0: yeah game. maybe we had like two or three hits total but yeah. Yeah. And i think waldo ended up hitting
1: homer too and it just went downhill from there yeah. but
0: we were pumped up for a second for a
1: second it was yeah it was just i just remembered like the range of emotions is so funny like that after that first <laughs> bat so happy
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, now we're gonna have to
1: pay for the rights for that, so we're just gonna. Oh crap! Yeah, um, sorry, Bruce. We well, didn't get
2: too far in, right? That's <laughs> less than ten seconds or whatever. Uh, <laughs> um, that was uh "Grungy Days" by Grungy Days, uh, Juice, sprungstein and the D Street Band.
1: There, uh, perfect.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so good, so good. All right. I'm gonna dive into something real quick because mask, Matt Mask Matt asked me before you hopped on. I'm sure you've you've already seen it too, but oh yeah, I didn't even like absorb it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've got for the people who are watching on YouTube, which we had quite a few people watch on YouTube. So really, yeah, yeah, pretty. I'm I'm gonna give some stats and some talk about some things, but first I wanted to address my outfit today. The Phillies are playing the Yankees. Just happened to work out. Didn't even know it was going to be like this on the schedule. But my cousin Greg reached out to me after our first episode. And we had all the godfather, goddaughter talk. And I didn't mention my godson, Domenico, on the podcast. And he was upset about that. So, Domenico, I have this Phillies jersey on for you. I love you, buddy. But I hope the stinky Phillies lose tonight.
1: Now, I have a question about this, because I saw Greg's comment about that on Facebook or wherever it was, about Domenico um, being mad you didn't mention. What I want to know, was Domenico actually listening, or did Greg just relay this information? <laughs> because I distinctly remember dropping a lot of F-bombs during the Godfather conversation. I mean, really the whole entire time, but... Hey, we put the rating on there. It's explicit, yeah. so, okay. yeah, that's, so they... that's up to parental... Okay, so if if Greg if Greg let him listen to that, then that's then that's fine. Yeah, yeah.
2: and and Ethan, don't worry that you know I had people cite you as the passionate one. Well, that's good. Colin was the
1: professional,
2: uh uh, and they called
1: me the glue guy, which I'm happy to be the glue guy. I like that. Actually, I like all three of those. I think that's good. Yeah, I think it works.
2: Yeah, (laughs) at least I mean we're you know, one point one episodes in, so. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Speaking of that. So thank you for everyone who did listen. Um, uh, keep the feedback coming. We're, we're, we're figuring this out. I mean, we're, we're talking through what we want. Yeah. So, so you um, want
0: to, you want to hear some stats and some numbers yeah. and some chatter about things I wrote, I wrote all this down. Cause there was, there was a lot, and I'm sure you guys got more that you can add into this. So this is just what, what I got. First, I'll just give some raw numbers. Uh, we definitely had a good first week in terms of downloads, and we had just about the same amount in views on YouTube, and this is the first time I've ever put a video of any podcast. I've been podcasting for three years, and so I had an inkling that people were going to want to see us, but I guess that's kind of paid off. We have a subscriber on YouTube. We had a like on YouTube, so good feedback there. I was looking at the podcast today on Apple Podcasts. We already have three ratings,
2: five stars, all ratings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We are well <laughs> on our way. Just to just to be fair, that it's not all us because I didn't. I didn't do that. So I haven't not, subscribed I say, or rated. So it's not. It's not us. So uh, <laughs> that, that's good. That means, that means they're real. This yeah.
0: is so classic, too. Like I doubt Ethan will ever listen to a single <laughs> episode of this ever. Not that you need to listen to it, but I enjoyed. Like I was laughing out loud listening to us, and yeah, like I'm closer to it. But I don't know. I I thought it was good. So five or three five star ratings already on Apple podcasts. We're going to be in the top 100 before you know it. Um, Okay. We've had uh, a bunch of segment ideas already. Uh, Mutual friend, Devin, who you all know from down here in Charlotte is pushing very hard to have his own NFL segment when the season starts. And I will say to that, Devin, you are in the early lead based on being the only person to show interest in the segment (laughs) right now. But You guys give me your thoughts on that at some other point. Uh, We had another good buddy, Jake Champagne, reach out and say that we should do a saber metrics segment for dummies. I know you guys thought that was a real good idea. Maybe we'll get into that that today. Yeah. 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 So um, those were a couple segments. Let's see. What else do I got written down here? Uh, I think those are the big things, honestly.
2: Um, I mean, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for the saving metrics for dummies. Um, and also, you know, for, for forcing us to make him an NFL segments good, you know, I guess yeah. bouncing around what's going on in the world of sports. This doesn't
1: just have to be us talking about baseball. So. Well, and I love the idea of having guests who are like more into other stuff than us. So like, yeah. I'm assuming if, if Devin wanted to do that, I'm assuming he's like a huge football fan. So that would be awesome to have him come on and talk. Cause I, I don't follow football that closely anymore, as you guys know. Yeah. Well, so be- I mean, he's from New Hampshire, so I don't
0: know how pats maybe probably pats fan well i mean i don't care what his fandom is but i mean he's from new hampshire so <laughs> what does that mean go uh river cats right <laughs> i'm just i'm just trying to rag on him <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he'll be texting me tomorrow when he that's, hears that's this, the so. only
2: sports team i know up there and that's probably wrong fisher cats maybe i don't know is fisher that the, is is that the double a or single yeah. A team?
0: yeah yeah he saw mookie betts play when yeah, he was okay, coming yeah. out yeah, yeah that's when he was he was still living there so
2: yeah, it's good. Good call there. Yeah. So, speaking of, of of jumping into other sports, there's a reason I'm doing this. Because did anyone else watch the uh, Game Six of the Finals last night? Highlights? No, no one. Did anyone nope. see uh, Giannis or Thanasis Antetokounmpo get their uh, get their rings? So they joined their brother Costas Antetokounmpo
1: you know, i practiced that like three times yeah before. good job dude i'm very right. impressed yeah um, you're better than some people on tv today so yeah <laughs> um i practiced I, I put the time in because i care um, that's why we're going to be a top 100 podcast yeah exactly matt puts in that time
2: um no i, I just the thing i thought cool was was cool is it's uh now all three antetokounmpo brothers have rings it's, it's the first time it's ever happened in the nba but that yeah. is cool um The only, I mean, the other thing was, and I I watched highlights too, Colin. I didn't watch the actual whole thing, but uh, just it's amazing to see uh, Giannis just dominate the game the way he did. Like they call him the Greek freak for a reason. Like his arms are just so damn long. Like (laughs) he just, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in between him and the basket, he'll just reach around you. So all the highlights and the dunks and the blocks and him in the post uh, is just nuts. And then when you factor in the last two years, he learned how to shoot three at least passably and it's like wow well no wonder so yeah um and then just as a, another follow up if you guys get a chance to watch him he posted a video on TikTok this morning of him going through the drive-through at Chick-fil-A ordering 50 chicken nuggets not 51 not 49, but exactly 50 to match the points that he scored last night <laughs> in his NBA finals Amazing. Uh, game six. So uh, definitely I think one of the top closeout performances of all time for any sport. Um, I mean, he was, he was purely dominant. That was pretty cool to watch, uh, watch those highlights. Yeah. But,
0: I'm, so, uh, I'm so happy for him. The one of the last things we did pre COVID me, Tim and Toddy, while she was pregnant, we went to see the Bucks play the Hornets and Giannis had a triple double just completely dominated it was so cool to see him play so I'm just I told Toddy this morning I was like you've seen another NBA champion in in real life so
2: pretty cool and now uh, now the other thing that was kind of unique is uh, guys who are just playing each other in a a very very heated NBA finals are going to have to down the same jersey and, and go over uh, overseas and start playing for Team usa so mm. uh just a couple interesting articles out there talking the the dynamic there that you know joking they probably won't be friends but at least they'll uh <laughs> it's a, a little bit different atmosphere now um you know we're going and representing your country uh, that is assuming the olympics happen i know yeah. there's, if you guys have been seeing that but there's some rumors about last minute cancellations i don't know if that's um you know, politics over in Japan or if that's a, a, a real uh, potential possibility, but um, you know, I hope to make the right choice uh, for the safety of everyone, but also it'd be cool to see the games happen after everything that's happened this past year. Um, so.
1: I mean, okay. I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring everything down, but like the Olympics, I mean, we didn't talk about this and we don't need to go in depth, but I believe, what was her name? Shikari Richardson, Shikari, Shikari. Yeah. The, the, the amazing sprinter who's like our best, and who got um disinvited because she tested positive for for weed i mean and they also the olympics or was it the olympics or like some some um international swimming organization um said that they would not allow these new swim caps that were um, made specifically for for the hair of people of color yeah that um, was, the, that so was like, the
2: Olympic Federation.
1: Yeah. Okay. So like both of those things, I mean, fuck the Olympics. Like, I don't give a shit. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like it's, it's 20, it's 2021 and you're going to pull shit like that. Like that's unbelievable.
2: Uh, well, so. to quote the, um, the venerable, uh, Robin Williams, um, the only way marijuana is a performance enhancing drug is if there's a giant fucking Hershey bar right at the hit finish line. <laughs> exactly. Because, <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not there to, you know, it, it's not there to give you any performance boost. It's there to, you know mellow you out so the fact that i mean it's insane I, I really hope the uh whether it's the world anti-doping agency or the u.s anti-doping agency rules uh, are updated relatively qu- quickly to reflect kind of changing feelings um yeah about marijuana now the tough part is it's it's if it's wada if it's the world anti-doping agency despite their follow-ups with a lot of stuff so far it's the world anti-doping Agency. it's everyone um, so just because it's becoming more acceptable here culturally for us, uh, it may not be that way elsewhere, which is a shame. Um, cause you're right. I don't think it's performance enhancing, but, uh, yeah. Ethan, you can speak, uh, to, you know, more from experience than I can.
1: Right. Wink.
2: I sure can. Um, I sure can. But, uh, that
1: was, you said that all very, you said that all very professionally. I'm impressed. You said that way nicer than me, who was just like, fuck the Olympics, but that, well, again, you're supposed to do that though. That's I why you're the glue guy and I'm the passion guy. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. Yeah, glue guy, passion guy, professional, because Colin is the professional.
1: Right. So Just sitting there out. quietly, yeah, letting us fucking ramble on like morons. Well, well, shout out well, Gary on, right?
2: Gary Yartman. Thanks for the listen. Thanks for the comments. Um but yeah.
0: Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. We we also had that reminds me of another shout-out. We had a basketball coach who she said to me, she's like, I don't normally listen to things like this, but you guys kept me entertained. She was taking a trip from New York, like down to DC
1: for a recruiting trip. So we're oh, nice. we're making waves with people who don't even like this type of stuff. Well, that's impressive. Cause we, last time, I mean, what did we say it was like an hour and 13 minutes. And I think like 45 minutes of that was like pretty intense baseball statistic talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so,
2: but um, Hey, I mean, we had the, we had the home run derby, and the all-star game going on. We had our, uh, our Shohei and Mike Trout and all-time great baseball
1: player talk. I mean, you know, that's, that's, that's true.
2: That's true. That's good content. Right. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's wrong with content. talking about baseball? No talking about baseball is great. We just were going like hardcore into like the stats stuff. Pretty, pretty heavy for quite a while. I mean, we were talking, I think we were like talking war and just overall value in like the yeah. deeper level stats for, for quite a while. Like when we were talking about DeGrom and stuff, you know? Yeah.
2: yeah. I mean, we love baseball. Our, our our logo that you had designed, Colin, was is
1: us at a baseball game. So That's yep. true.
2: I mean, you know. just was
1: that one at City or was that at Yankee Stadium? That, that was at City Field. That was at City?
2: Okay. Yeah. Awesome seats. Stephen Colbert sings the National Anthem. Oh, that's right. Yankees win. Masir Tanaka pulls both hamstrings. Yeah. I lost that prop the bet. What a good game. Oh, the prop bet. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I lost that. Yeah, oh, it's is. okay. I'll make you pay up one of these days. Yeah,
0: yeah can't wait.
2: Okay. So What are you drinking, Colin?
0: I am drinking an IPA from Lenny Boy here in Charlotte. Is that
2: like a camera. is that like a, a Salinger reference? Not Salinger. Who, who's the famous book?
1: Uh, are you thinking of um, John Steinbeck? Are you thinking of yeah like- Steinbeck? Yeah. So I don't, uh, oh, okay. I mean his, the character is Lenny. I don't know. There wasn't any Lenny Boy that I remember, okay. but okay. I also read that like in high school, so I don't know.
2: I read it in high school because it
1: was short. I picked it because a nice, nice, nice small book. Yeah, it's good, but sad. Ethan, you you, you drinking anything? I'm having, I'm having bourbon again. I, I still haven't gotten any beer.
2: Look at that. I need to just so. send you some beer. I think, I think I'll, I'll just do that.
1: You can, that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get some. I mean, you know, I live fucking 20 minutes from the other half. I just, yeah. I just haven't uh, gone recently. I've just been busy and shit. So.
2: Well, I was saying the same reason Colin's wearing the Phillies jersey. I'm wearing the, uh, the, uh, the Bottle Logic hat. Because uh, I've got a got a coffee stout tonight called Red Eye November. That's gonna it's gonna, just like last week. It's uh it's fourteen percent, a half liter. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be nice and toasty tonight. Got
1: the, oh yeah, the glassware to match too. So, uh, dude, you're looking. I have to say, with your N sixty four shirt plus those headphones, you look like and and the hat with like the flat brim. You look like you're straight out of nineteen ninety eight. Hey. I mean, it's awesome. I like it. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I I
2: was just hoping I wouldn't look too John boy tonight. So, Oh, is that his look? Kind of. He'll do the flat brim hat. He's got the unkempt face. He's, he's got a rounder face and complexion. Kind of like me. Maybe I got a couple pounds on him, but um, it's all right.
1: It's all right. Mm -hmm. For the, for the
2: show tonight, I got to do what I got to do.
1: That's right. Now, what else do we have on the docket? We talked, so we talked about, well, Matt, do you have any more beer stuff that you want to talk about?
2: Well, Hey, so, so I, I was joking with some folks last week because uh, regarding the, the beer enthusiast meetup, but I didn't want to talk. Like I did go to a beer share this past weekend. So it's uh, for, for the uh, uninitiated um, us beer nerds really like beer and uh, it kind of like a Pokemon effect. Like we got to try them all. Like it's, like you know, the that un, the the app out there untapped
1: is like the worst creation ever because I just want to keep ticking, like I I want to keep logging all the beers tell I us it's how like, many beers you have checked in on uh, on untapped currently.
2: Over six thousand, which is yeah. yeah, we'll we'll get the exact number soon enough.
1: Very but, impressive. Uh, but it's it's uh you never can
2: drink them all, but I gotta, I gotta try. So anyway, I met up with um a couple folks out uh out in the Midwest for uh, a good beer share. Um and it's exactly what it sounds like. We, we, we pick a place, everyone brings some, some special bottles. Um, and you sit around, you eat some, you eat some tasty food and you drink some harder to get beers. Yeah. You don't want to just bring like uh, you know, Bud Light, you know, you want to bring something that's hard to find. So I'll, I'll pull some stuff out of the cellar. That's going to be fun to drink. Bud Light. And, uh, you literally just, we sat around the table, played, played with the dogs and drank beer all night. It was a blast. Um, and, uh, you know it's 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 fun because it, it sometimes it happens uh you know if you're waiting in line for a beer release you know say you're say you're waiting in line at the brewery sometimes it can happen spontaneously there sometimes you get a bunch of people meeting up uh sometimes it's just three people you know half the time i have shares with the artmans uh maybe you need to believe their name i don't know um shout out gary and jen thank you um you know it's just standing in their kitchen enjoying some really really good beers um but uh there's, there's, it's, it's interesting because it's a culture in and of itself. There's, there's etiquette rules, you know, um, everyone likes the beer they've got. Um, so you never want to shit talk anyone else's beer, even if you don't like it, you want to make sure like you want to be complimentary, but you also want to bring nice beer. You want to bring something that, you know, you don't want to try to find something that's good that no one's had. Um, you want to, you know, you want to have a, a similar level of, um, Let's say obscurity or of hard to you know hard to getness you know scarcity maybe it's a better word I am the I, the
1: validic hard yeah, to, I am the valedict. hard to forgetness h- hard to h- yeah so it's, it's that should be our news podcast slogan listen to us this podcast we are full of hard to forgetness or something something like hard that. to getness I said oh I thought you said hard to forget no h- hard to get so you know scarce hard hard
2: to right. find beers hard to getness is good too that's yeah I mean. yeah. yeah um and you know but very like, I mean, I, I can't say I've ever had a bad beer with, 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 with some of these shares. It, it was a blast this past weekend. We got to try some really, really neat stuff. And um, obviously the, the other part of it is you want to make sure that you're either at a place where you've got safe transportation or you've got, a, you're at a place where you can go to bed uh, and crash because after, you know, after a night of drinking beers that can get up to like 18 or 19%, you don't really want to be out on the road. So usually it's uh, drink until the wee hours in the morning and then crash but uh, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to more of this type of stuff now that COVID's kind of subsiding with the Delta caveat and all that bullshit, but
0: right. Yeah. Matt, what goes into the hunt? Like how, I, I feel like you're like in, it's limited in some ways to what's in your certain geographical area area. Like I know you can probably buy shit online and whatnot, but that can probably get, way more expensive. Like, how do you find beers after a certain while that you've never had?
2: Well, COVID has been great because it's allowed, states have opened up their laws for shipping beer and buying online. But before that, um, like for example, before, before COVID, you could not ship beer legally into the state of Kentucky. Um, they had laws set up there to protect the bourbon industry. Um, so they didn't want alcohol shipped into state. Um, so there's a lot of uh, restrictions there. So you, you are, you're kind of at the mercy of what's distributed in your local area. Um, and, and part of it is um, kind of being in the know with your local beer stores and bottle shops. As to you know, when certain releases are going to hit the shelves, because sometimes a bottle shop may only get six bottles of something rare. Uh, sometimes it's, it's clicking the F5 key on your keyboard fast enough and refreshing so that when a beer is released online, you can buy a ticket so you can go pick it up at the brewery. <laughs> uh, and sometimes it's, it's dumb luck. There's some, um, really, really excellent Belgian beers out there that, um, you know, it's, it's imported with a couple specialty importers and distributors. So it, sometimes they just kind of show up at a store and it may not be a store you ever expected to see them at. Uh, but when you do, it's, it's, uh, you know, kind of, kind of neat. And you, you gotta be ready to, ready to pounce on it. Uh, in the case of the stuff I'm drinking tonight, bottle objects in Anaheim, California, and they, they really only distribute in the state of California. Um, so I got this in the trade, um, which is another kind of subculture of beer, you know, of, of beer culture. Um, essentially, I've got this special beer here in my geography and you've got that special beer in your geography. Let's figure out a way to to exchange um, whether it's, um, you know, people who pick them up during travels for work and can trade them in person. Or there's a, a big culture of mailing beer to each other, which I know I've, I've sent them some some beer to you guys some samples um and i, I just maybe we need to bleep that count on because technically you're not supposed to really send beer through the mail um but um you know so uh, you can do some some exchanges with people if you've got something they're looking for and and there's communities set up all over the place there's reddit groups there's facebook groups there's instagram groups there's uh sites like beer advocate where they've got forums where you can you can set up kind of um what trades you want and, and again the negotiations are kind of interesting because uh, everyone values their own beer, um, m- maybe higher. Everyone thinks that, you know, they put in special effort and they, you know, they they took all this time and effort to get their own beer. So it's, it's always kind of interesting because you'll have some people who are really strict about like, I paid 30 bucks for this. I want you to send me something versus 30 bucks or, that's worth 30 bucks. Hmm. And then there's another camp that's like, well... This I only paid thirty bucks for this, but it's really hard to get and it's very limited. So I value it at two hundred dollars. So you need to send me two hundred dollars worth of beer. Um, which, yeah, Colin, your, your expression there is exactly right. Like it's it's very very tricky, especially when you get into the secondary market and the secondary valuations. And, and the same can be said for wine and for sneakers and for uh, bourbon. You know, it's it's it gets messy out there, and there's all there's nefarious players out there taking advantage of people, but. If you find a good group of people, um, that aren't looking to screw each other, um, it can be a really, really fun pastime and an addicting pastime. And as you've seen with my, um, beer cellar, um, a very, very, um, uh, time consuming and resource consuming pastime, but also very fun. It's something I enjoy quite a bit. So Ethan will get you up here one of these days. Uh, and, and Colin, the cellar has grown. I was storing like six cases of beer with my friends because I wasn't sure I could move it with the movers when I came from Kentucky to, uh, to, to Pennsylvania. So now I have those six cases back. And so now it's even more overflowing down there. So I, you guys need to help come up and, uh, come up and help me drink all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no invite needed, but I've talked enough about beer. So, uh, you know, I need to swig some of the beer I've got right now and you guys can start talking. <laughs>
1: So we're going to, we're going to talk, we're going to, do we want to do like Sabermetrics for dummies? Do we want to?
2: Well, I figured I could at least do an intro with you. Um, and then Colin pipe in too, but essentially the, you know, a, a really good intro is going to Netflix and watching Moneyball with uh, oh, yeah. the lovely Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. But um, the whole idea is it's, it's, Sabermetrics is a, a statistical system uh, developed by Bill James. Um, kind of focused on fe- finding value where value in players that may be overlooked um so you know looking at value with with pitchers and value with with hitters um in terms of run generation or run run prevention um and and really looking at um other factors instead of the standard batting average home runs and rbi you know let's look at other things let's look at how often they get on base let's look at how good they're actually you know pitchers are at, at preventing runs let's look at um, stuff like park factors, where we're going to normalize the parks across the, the, the league because baseball has all different stadiums. Um, some stadiums are better for hitters. Some stadiums are better for pitchers. So uh, if you're comparing a great hitter at a pitcher-friendly stadium versus a great hitter at a batter-friendly stadium, well, it's not an even comparison. So how, do we, how do we level the playing field and actually see how they compare to each other? Uh, and so there's a lot of different avenues out there to make those comparisons. And yeah, you know, I think I don't know. We, we, what do you What do you think? We tackle maybe one or two of those statistics a week.
3: Yeah, I mean, I had, what it does. Yeah.
1: yeah, I had like a specific one that I wanted to do today. Yeah, start us. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, and actually, I'm inspired by the um, the Statcast broadcast. So, for those who don't know, um, on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, I don't know if they're doing it every time, but they're doing it occasionally. There's an alternate broadcast called the Statcast broadcast. Okay. StatCast is an organization, an entity, whatever, um, that, that does like insanely detailed record keeping of all of these stats, what we call sabermetrics or analytics, whatever you want to call it. And it's really nice to, for, for those who are curious, I highly recommend the StatCast broadcast. Um, it's, it's like a, a regular, you know, typical broadcaster, like play-by-play guy, former major leaguer um, doing like the color And then like a guy from StatCast who kind of will talk about the stats and everything. And in this case, it was Mike Petriello, who's who's well known in that world. And it was interesting. So he was answering questions that he was getting occasionally throughout the game that he was getting on Twitter. And one of the questions, and this is what I wanted to talk about, was like, why doesn't why don't you care about batting average, basically? And so I figured this would be a good place to start because it's so basic and because there still is this aura, there still is this sort of mystique with batting average, right? Like we still, when we think of batting average, we still can just picture um, 406 in 1941 for Ted Williams, right? We can see these things so viscerally, we can see Ty Cobb, 367, career batting average, the best all time, right? Like there's, there's so much history there and so much passion, right? And so a lot of people have so much value on that. And so the idea that it maybe doesn't mean anything anymore can be hard, but let me try to convince anybody who's skeptical. What Petriello talked about is what, OPS, which, which is not that complicated, but I want to talk about that anyways, because I, it's, it's, I think it's an easy way to get into it. So the first thing you need to understand, batting average does not take into account walks, and it doesn't weigh the differences between singles, doubles, triples, and homers. Okay, It's just no matter what kind of hit you get, that counts as a hit, and that's that, and it doesn't include walks at all. Okay, OPS stands for on-base plus slugging. So on-base percentage plus slugging percentage. So on-base percentage, obviously, is exactly what it says, including walks and hits and whatever. It's the percent of times that you get on-base. And then slugging percentage weighs the types of hits that you get. So you get more points for homers, for triples, for doubles. Okay? So any any baseball fan or staff member who's really trying to see, okay, who's actually better, who's a really good hitter here. If you're really trying to measure actual offensive skill, OPS is just infinitely more valuable. And frankly, batting averages is garbage. Like you, you really shouldn't bother with it anymore at all. The only reason, reason to is again, that history bit that I was talking uh, talking about. And us three who have loved baseball so much all our lives, there's still, like I said, there still is that sort of mystique, but it doesn't matter. OPS, however, was, is going to tell you, how often is this person walking and getting on base? Are they they hitting uh, a lot of extra base hits? Are they getting a lot of doubles, triples, and homers? Do they actually have some power? Are they making good contact? So OPS is just telling you so much more. So next time you want to check out some player and you want to get a general idea of his offensive skill, go right to OPS. And that's going to give you a a great idea right off the bat. You don't even need to look at anything else. Just that is going to tell you a lot. And just um, a frame of reference, um, 800 is like good. 800 OPS. 900 is great. Um, thousand is like amazing. That's like, that's like top, top. Yeah, notch.
2: you answered my question there. I was gonna, I was just about to ask, what's a good OPS? Cause kind of everyone knows like, you know, 300 was a good batting average. Like, if you're batting 300 or above, you're a good hitter. Uh, 230 is a good batting, batting average kind of, these days. You know, <laughs> yeah, 280 <laughs> or above is like, Yeah. You know, the new standard because everyone stinks. Right. And
1: 400 is like a really excellent on base. Um, although these days even 370 and 380 are very good for on base for slugging. 500 is really good. 600 is great. 700 is amazing. Um, to give people another idea. Um, and this takes, this is a more historical thing and it does take into account batting average, but you can, you can kind of look people up and there's a rare season that hasn't happened that many times in history. Um, Uh, relatively speaking it's happened plenty of times but in all of history not that much so if one player has a 300 batting average a 400 on base and a 500 slugging all in the same year that's like a really really great accomplishment and doesn't happen that often now again you can take the batting average piece out of it doesn't matter so if we take that out 400 on base 500 slugging that that's a 900 ops which as i said is excellent so That that was what I wanted to say. I don't know if you guys have any other, if you have other stats or anything you wanted to bring to the table, but I thought that was a good one to start with.
2: I don't know, Colin, anything you want to talk about? Well, what do you want to say that we can like? Because you know, I'm envisioning going into stuff like, you know, batting average on balls in play, like that. You know, Babbitt. That was one that like I struggled with for a long time, but like, you know.
1: And weighted runs created plus, like I want to get into some of the, some of the deeper ones eventually, Ooh. but I want to start, I want to start with, yeah, we we'll
2: start, we'll start first. bit by bit, you know, little, yeah. little by little. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think
0: it's a good introduction. Here's my two cents. The first cent is a really good comparison, maybe for people who listen to podcasts. A lot of people who listen to podcasts, maybe do their own podcasting batting average is the equivalent of download numbers. It doesn't tell the full story. You can download a podcast, but it doesn't mean you actually listened to the podcast. And if you listened and you download it, it doesn't tell you if you listened all the way through the podcast. So it it just is this really vague number. So podcasting in terms of stats and the way that they monetize is in the 1950s, whereas you know, baseball is in its glory days right now with the amount of data. My second scent is to, I guess, frame the reason why sabermetrics and analytics as a whole are so important is because it helps front offices understand value when it comes to players and value, whether the old school baseball people like it or not, is the most important thing in baseball right now, because value ties in directly to revenue ties in directly to payroll ties in directly to the luxury tax threshold. And that is team construction to a T right there. And so this is why Sabermetrics matter. This is why the details and the nerdiness matter is because the front offices, the people making the decisions about team construction, about what they're going to pay players is based on these numbers. And we can have separate discussions at some point about, you know, how like, Theo I, um, was saying how it's uh, leveling the playing field like way too much in the sense that we have we have robots playing these days. Like everyone plays the same way because the data tells you to play one way that can make you a lot of money, and so everybody tries to replicate their game that way. Whereas like previous to sabermetrics, there was a lot more, there were a lot of different variations to style of play within the game. That's a whole different conversation. But the point is that sabermetrics matter. They shouldn't tell the full story, but they matter much more than the old school baseball people will lead you to believe. And I don't, I don't know what to tell them at this point because it's not going away. Maybe they're going to change in terms of the way that they're going to be used. But if you want to watch baseball in the 21st century in 2021 and beyond, these are terms and these are things that you need to learn and they're also things that are going to tell you you know whether or not your team is going to maybe compete for a title the way that they're constructed and put together like it's all important relevant stuff so that i just wanted to frame like why it's so important why we talk about all these and we argue about them and and everything like it it there's a reason for it a pretty legitimate reason
2: but they're also the reason that people under thirty don't want to watch watch baseball anymore. So, oh, but see,
1: I think it's the slowness of the game. I don't think it's the stats. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it's I a combination of all. It's but thirty, think... dude, it's at least thirty seconds between every fucking pitch. I, you guys know, I love baseball. I've loved it my whole life. It is unwatchable oh, at times. Yeah, well but, all but, sports... also, but
2: also, Ethan, again, people people with launch angle and, and with strikeout race now. You're going four or five, six minutes between balls. Are you put in play? Right. That right. too. That too. So again, absolutely. again, I, I, I tie that back places. to metrics. I say that you know if guys are going to adjust their launch angle and try and either hit a home run or strike out every time because that's the, new, the new thought process strikeouts don't matter. But that yeah, but I don't, know because... I don't think anybody
0: actually thinks that though. But, Sorry, but Colin, you go. But the 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 change in style came as a result of sabermetrics metrics and, and the value that's placed on hitting home runs versus hitting singles and, you know, not striking out a lot. People would rather people hit a lot of home runs and strike out a lot. And so like, I, I see what you're saying, Matt, but it, at, at the same time, what I was going to say before that is it's more the pace of play that turns people off because like, I was just looking at it today, P, PFF in, in football. Like they're all these other sports have these analytics companies that are trying to replicate what baseball has done really fucking good to this point. And they're trying to figure that out for their sport. So like, it's all coming for football. It's all coming for basketball. Like there's going to be a day where the rotation of the basketball and how that helps Steph Curry hit his threes and everything like that, that's coming. So
2: no, 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 no. You, you, you were stealing my next point. Yeah. I mean, Mm. there's, there, there, you can already see it. You're, you're hearing new terms in the NFL, like air yards per attempt. Yeah, what the what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> I, you know, before last year, I'd never heard of that. Yeah. Um, so, that, you know, uh, you're you know, you're getting beyond basic efficiency ratings in the NBA now. Um, you know, you're getting beyond kind of the 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 traditional stat keeping measures in these other leagues. Now, now, one thing I was as I was thinking through this, I I, I need to reach out to a couple friends because. I have no idea if there's anything similar happening in hockey. Um, I bet there is. I bet there, there's got to be. But I, yeah, I do know we know him, anybody so. who's
1: like a die-hard hockey fan? I, I got, a couple, like, what, I got a couple. I got a couple college
2: okay. buds. Uh, okay. um, I'd have to dig deep. Shout out to my friend Nader Nader Fatui up in uh, up in Boston's probably the most knowledgeable hockey guy I know. He can come
1: on and do a hockey segment. Well, I,
2: I, I'd <laughs> love to have him on. He's the guy that actually got me into sabermetrics. Uh, by the genesis in my freshman year of college talked, you know he was the one that kind of educated me on that um before i started talking with it you know about it with you knuckleheads mm-hmm. um so but yeah we're nerds so you know yeah. i can talk about this stuff all day but i am interested in potentially talking about it in other sports too because it is you know you're right colin at what point do people become robots you know what point does, does, does this game not become fun anymore or I mean, hopefully maybe in in some sports, the opposite happens. Maybe it makes things more exciting. I don't know, but
1: yeah, it'll be really interesting to see kind of how things unfold over the next like five, 10 years, because I feel like it's super, super intense and it's been growing and growing for the last few years. And I feel like it's, it's almost, it's almost maximal at this point. Right. Like we, like you were, uh, like you were saying, like every front office is using all of the data that they can and kind of have similar approaches, which is understandable. But how will that be? How will that be moving forward? Is it going to stay the same? Are some people going to branch out, um, focus on different things, pull back a little bit because, you know, maybe the results aren't what they thought they were going to be. Um, It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see.
2: Definitely kudos to teams like the A's and the
1: Rays who, Oh yeah.
2: With, with shoestring budgets, budgets, found ways to make, um,
1: that's the other piece. big budget
2: teams like the Yankees look silly sometimes. Yeah. Um, That
1: I wanted to say that too. Colin was doing a, Colin gave a great frame of the whole thing. Right. And one piece I would add is that the reason that this is so important in baseball and that it really made headway in baseball before other sports is baseball doesn't have a salary cap. There is the luxury tax, which was introduced in recent years and does serve similar analogous kind of purposes, but there's not an actual salary cap. And so you're, you're, your big, big budget teams in baseball, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, blah, blah, blah. Their payrolls are like 180, 200 million a year. Okay. Oftentimes. Right. Whereas teams like the A's and the Rays 40, 50, 60. So we're talking I think the Indians
2: this year are one of the lowest. They're
1: 49 million, I think. Okay. So we're talking about a massive, massive difference here. And so, um, you know, we brought up Moneyball earlier, right? That's what Moneyball was all about was, okay, we have this super, super limited budget we have a hundred million fewer dollars than the Yankees. How are we going to, how are we going to make a competitive team? Well, we have to, we have to find value in players that other people are missing. And how do you do that with you've used fucking technology because we're able to quantify things that we never were able to do before. So.
2: Well, and what's maddening is teams like the Rays and the A's are good every year. And even yeah. if, even if you get to the All star break and it's like, Oh, the A's are in fourth place. Like, Blink. And it's, it's September 1st and they're in the pennant race. And it's like, you kidding me? Like, damn it. Like, uh, and, and same with the Rays, the Rays have been like a thorn in the side. And again, yeah. as much as I, I like that rivalry right now, Holy cow, man, they're a pain to play. They're good. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost feels like, and I know this is just me you know being, being a victim here, but it almost feels like they're like designing their team just to beat the Yankees. Cause they <laughs> beat the crap out of us. It seems like, uh, you know, on a yearly basis. Yeah, it does seem like that recently. Yeah. But, yeah, that's just me being, uh, as Colin said, uh, uh, you know, sometimes I can trend toward the toxic Yankee fan. It's okay, though. It's okay. <laughs> I want to see number 27, 28, 29, and 30 by the
1: time I, uh, by the time I die. Didn't we, we already, already get... see 27? Yeah, 27. 27, right. yeah, I was going to say. I got a
2: 28, 29, 30. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're tied right now with the Phillies, so you never know. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All Way right,
0: I'm going to interject uh, real quick cause so we can get our featured sponsor in here before
3: I forget. Slow is just right if you're on vacation, a sloth, or describing QuickBooks. More like slow books. It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system. Because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of surveyed businesses increased visibility and control since switching to NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financial program only for those ready to switch today. Head to netsuite.com slash bluewire right now. Get special financing at netsuite.com slash bluewire. One more time, netsuite.com slash bluewire. Hey guys, looking for a betting
4: advantage this football season? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to compare betting odds and make smart bets. Their best bet computer model scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you a best bet recommendation for every game across all major sports and gives you the reasoning behind why you should place the bet. Their model covers everything from spreads, over-unders, and player prop bets. Don't want to use this model and prefer to do the research yourself? Well, BetQL has all the necessary tools for your betting research needs. Tools like line movement and sharp data on who the pros are backing, team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and over-under, team lineup breaking news and injury status updates, and leaderboards to track how you stack up against others and to view your winning streaks. Better data, better bets. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download BetQL. You can also head to try.betql.co slash BlueWire to get started now. Enter the discount code BlueWire at payment checkout for 25% off any of their subscription offerings. Make sure to check out their offers page to find a special offer to receive a full free year of BetQL. Don't miss out on the chance to gain your betting advantage during this football season.
0: Back to Protagonist here in Charlotte, North Carolina, as a reminder. So last Saturday was the birthday bash for uh, David. Uh, yeah. The, the Hoff birthday bash, uh, David, David Hasselhoff. That um, was yeah, lot, a lot of fun. Uh, this Saturday is the first annual corn tournament. And there is that $500 grand prize still eligible to win and actually signups end on the 22nd so as you're hearing this podcast tomorrow hopefully you still have a chance to sign up if you get in there quick in addition on let's see august 1st from 1 to 4 they are partnering with skip town to throw a birthday party for all shelter dogs and they will have dogs available for adoption too yeah i thought i thought you guys would like this so Anyone who adopts a dog will receive a goodie bag with treats and other swag. One vet will also be on site with their mobile pet clinic providing free pet checkups. So uh, we'll, we'll push this out on social media, too, with the poster and more information. But uh, definitely, I'm sure it's on the site, to Check that all out. August 1st is the date for that. Uh, if you're interested in that and we'll remind people on the podcast next week as well but that's the update with our featured sponsor
1: protagonist matt protagonist you, you want to say right. protagonist brewing in charlotte north carolina for people who don't know
2: yeah no no protagonist brewing No, charlotte north carolina i gotta work on i gotta work on my commercial voice but no i am i am looking forward to getting down there and checking them out yeah me
1: too they sound like they are fucking just awesome people they sound like they're running a really cool thing down there so next time we're in town we're definitely gonna hang
2: they've got a beer called manny colin that's not a that's not a manny ramirez beer is it uh i don't know
0: honestly i mean they're they're big sports people so it could be i i'd have to look at it um and see if there's any anything that i can glean from it but i don't know they've also automated. got a they,
2: they've also got an ipa on tap now called the Danks obama which i just I <laughs> oh that's <on>. hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah so it better, be, it better be nice and danky so nice and happy uh, that's so good one of these oh. days we'll, we'll try it out in person and actually uh actually I'll, I'll be able to give a review myself and of course ticker's got a tick. i'll check it into my app and make sure i get it in the in the, the quest to drink all the beers. Right, right. And I told you that one of the
0: uh, owners is a fellow Ohioan. What, what do you call your, yourselves when you live out there?
2: No, I'm... Come on. I'm still a New Yorker. I've lived in New York the most years of anything.
1: But I so think far. Ohioan makes sense. Yeah, but as an adult, though, I feel like living as an adult counts for more than as a kid. When you're a kid, you don't know. You don't care. But as an adult, there's like a sense of identity. You lived in Ohio as an adult for like 10 Are you 10 guys years.
2: saying you consider me from Ohio?
1: No, but I think well, when you were living part of in Ohio, your identity is yeah, and I think if somebody had asked you where you were from, like your eighth year in Ohio, it totally would have made sense to be like, oh yeah, I'm from Ohio.
2: I'm glad you nonchalantly said no, because if he said yes, I'd, I'd be I'd be injured. I'd just <laughs> <You'd> be injured. <laughs> that would hurt. That would really hurt. Uh-huh. Um, I still say I'm from New York just because I spent the most years of my life in New York. But sure, uh, sure. but I guess Ohio is number two, and you're right, it, it was. Uh, 2007 to 2017 so it was a good uh good time good time good state good people i miss it i think you had a better run than lebron did (laughs) (laughs) i I don't even i don't know how to respond to that colin he got the championship (laughs) and then buzzed out that's all we cared about yeah but you got to see it so i got being being in that city for that uh for that event was phenomenal Although I'll give you one guess as to where I was that night. <laughs> studying. Uh no, not studying. I was on the couch doing work. Oh. Like Uh-oh. the three guys I lived Dirk. with are all like, You gotta come downtown. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, I got work to do. And then you look up and it's like, oh, they, they might actually
3: win. <laughs> okay
2: you know, the, the, the whole self-deprecating uh, Cleveland sports um, <laughs> were hopeful, eternally hopeful, but never actually confident in our own teams. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was touching yeah, every year. that just the hype they had over stuff like the draft or sure. like uh, I, I had a coworker who every year and uh, opening day was a big deal for baseball there. And every year, uh, and he, he was a deadpan guy, anyway, but he'd stop at my cube and just go, Matt 162 and 0 starts today, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then just keep walking without even waiting for a response. That, that was wild, <laughs> Bill. Uh, but, but so the eternal optimism was always touching. Um, the uh, excitement for what were perennially bad teams was always nice to see. Uh, and frankly, the fact that I could go and see an Indians baseball game for seven bucks was also wonderful, too. Um, yeah. but uh, you know. Anyway, I digress. I, I miss that city. I miss Ohio. I do. I will. I will. I will give you guys that much.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I've got one last thing and then you guys drive it the rest of the way. I got a game for us to play and I I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the game is and I'll give you my results first and I'll let you guys look up what you're uh, although some of it is going to be pretty easy. You'll just need to find your birthday. So anyway, you need, the, the question was the best baseball player born on your birthday has to get on
1: base Martinez. to save your life. Who? Oh, Pedro was born on my birthday. I said Pedro, but I didn't hear, I didn't hear the rest of the question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen all the way through. I, I stopped listening cause I'm a fucking moron and I have yeah. terrible manners. Keep going. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So I'll say it again. The best baseball player born on your birthday has to get on base to save your life. The pitcher he's facing is the game one starter of the World Series champs the year you graduate at high school. Do you live to see tomorrow? I will tell you who the pitcher is because we all graduated the same year. Is Josh Beckett. Josh Beckett, okay. So what you need to do is look up who the best player is and it could be somewhat subjective because you might have good people. My birthday was a terrible day for ex-Major League ba- Baseball players to be born. I do have one Hall of Famer. Born on my birthday, his name is Billy Hamilton, and he played last played in
1: 1866. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can so I don't think
0: like then? I don't think I would have lived to see tomorrow in that case. I think Beckett
1: probably would have won that matchup. Yeah. Now, how did you? How did you? Did you find like a like a whole list of people born on? on- yeah. Yeah. Ethan, so I baseball Googled, reference. Come yeah. On. Yeah. I know, you but how? Just, Where do you go? Just Google your birthday. Uh, born players baseball player born, born, born on, on October 25th. Yeah.
0: Okay. It, it should be right at the top baseball. Yeah, records. That's right. I remember your birthday. Yeah. I'm very impressed. <laughs> uh, Matt's September 29th. So he's going to get the first, first birthday bash on the podcast. It's going to be an insane. Oh yeah. that will be great.
2: Well, I'm telling you September 29th was not a good day for, uh, it's not a good day for baseball players. Uh, highlights from the list. Shelly Duncan.
1: Woo. Oh, there we go. He could hit um, Homer though.
2: Yeah, but I mean <laughs> I've got to go. I wouldn't want to get Hamilton. on base. Um, oh, I they're, there's not there's I think so you're dead, huh? I'm dead. Do you not have a Hall of Famer? Um no, the, the highest war, and we'll get into for you your listeners, we'll get into that later, uh later in our Sabermetrics. Uh, the higher the highest war i've got is 38 (laughs) i'm dead. and that was
1: 38 back in 1862 (laughs) wow okay so is that sorry is that the end matt yeah go ahead yeah well who would you choose though who who who's the best hitter that you can see on your um
2: i would choose johnny johnson he played in 1914 for two years and he had the highest on base percentage of ever anyone on this list. I'll
1: go with that. <laughs> all right. That's good. <laughs> all right. So first thing is the best player born on my birthday is Pedro, Pedro Martinez, um, who obviously as we talked about this actually last week, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And I think we all agree in our opinion, the, the greatest two season stretch of all time for any pitcher. But anyways, yeah. since this scenario involves somebody having to get on base against Josh Beckett, I have Juan Soto so there we go oh you jerk what? i'm alive baby you jerk Juan soto Yep, i got juan soto and pedro i got a good birthday for baseball players yeah yeah and, have... and smoky joe wood he was pretty good back in the day
2: i don't even know if i've got anyone on this list that i recognize like
1: yeah mine mine was a bunch of no-namers too wow that's so funny You would think think there have been enough players that, like every single birthday, would have some like really, really great, you know, or at least someone player worth
0: noting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, Billy Billy Hamilton's a Hall of Famer, but he played in eighteen sixty six. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's that's
2: bullshit. Yeah when when you when you first said Billy Hamilton, I was thinking of like the 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 present era Billy Hamilton, who's got a who's, who's terrible at getting on base, but once he is on base, it's super fast. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. yep, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: I thought it was a fun game. I I didn't know. Uh, yeah, that's good. interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize at first when I read it, that it had to be from the winning team. Cause I was like, well, who, how do you pick who the pitcher is then? Cause obviously there's two pitchers that, start the game. And then I read it again and I was like, okay, well, the Red Sox won in 2007. Then I, I was surprised that it was Beckett. I thought it was going to be uh Lester or, uh, I don't even know who I thought yeah. else it could have been, but I had forgotten that that whole trade had gone down before then. And yeah. And that's he was really uh, good
1: for a couple of years there.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: I think he was pretty good from Oh three to, I think he was up and down. Wasn't it him that was like really good on odd years? There was somebody who was like really good on odd numbered years and was like kind of mediocre on even numbered years. I feel like, I feel like it was Beckett, but I might be misremembering. Yeah. But anyways, that's neither here nor there.
2: Speaking of John Lester, anyone see the home run he hit the other day?
1: I think I saw the highlight of that. Like
2: a 420 foot home run to deep center.
1: Wow. Pretty impressive. I didn't even know he was still playing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Probably yeah, who, still can't throw to first base, but. Um. Who, who's he on? Is he on the Cubs? Uh, the Nats. The Nats. This is um, this is way late. This happened like several weeks ago at this point, but I don't think we talked about it. I assume you guys saw the highlight of the um, Fernando Tatis, like the double jump thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pretty fucking wild. It's it's. I mean, it's not strictly a double jump like you would have in a video game, but it's about the closest thing I can imagine an actual human being doing to it. It's like really pretty cool to watch. It's
2: just an optical illusion with his
1: legs. Yeah, but it still looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. If you're being, come on, are you going to be the rain cloud over me? Jesus. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm the one who actually appreciates it. Yeah, Uh, it's it's just cool. It's cool to watch. Oh,
2: that was pretty cool. I I mean, yeah. Seeing sports close back to normal. Uh, has been has been fun seeing huge yeah. seeing highlights seeing people in parks seeing kind of the joy out there is, has been fantastic yeah. except for the yankee covid breakout that's been real yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. yeah although uh, some some guys are coming back i think starting this week um although at this point fuck it leave leave the scrubs in there you know <laughs>
1: There was somebody on the roster. I looked at the box score like yesterday or the day before. A name I've literally never heard before. I was going to ask you guys.
2: Yeah, they had a they had a, a AAA catcher called up in to replace uh, Higashioka.
1: Okay, maybe. And uh, since DJ D. LeMahieu, because you know
2: the Yankees don't have enough problems, he was out yesterday with a stomach virus, <laughs> so they had they had their backup catcher playing first base because they have no one else to play there. So.
1: One of, your, one of your cornerstone positions guy.
2: where you can put a big guy who can just swing the bat, the bat, you know, they've got a backup catcher from Scranton who's bounced around to six teams and then the majors, but again, they were passable.
1: Um, Rugnet Odor batted third last night. He's batting third tonight, bud. So that, uh, so that tells you where the Yankees are right now. And don't get me wrong. He has some pop. He can hit homers, but he can't really do anything else. If you want to talk about, you know, ops, I can go and find it, but he's he's not exactly a good all around offensive player. He's and got so, that DD swing though. Like when he hits it, he knows it. He just flips the yeah. bat away like DD used to. The one and the other just, night was a bomb. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But but the fact well, that he's hitting funny, third is. Ugh.
2: They they um John John's so I'm in Philadelphia now, and so since it's, it's the Phillies game, it's blacked out on on MLB TV. So mm. I only get the radio stream. And and John Sterling, the 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 longtime Yankees uh, broadcast announcer, radio broadcast announcer spent about five minutes talking about how they were last in the AL East and run scored, which it's the Yankees and they're last in the end. And one, like second to last in the, all of the AL and run scored, which is just it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. is bad. It's really, it's bad. really bad. But, <laughs> but they've won eight of 11. Yep. So, which they is still have time miracle. to turn it around
1: yeah. considering the roster. Oh my God. That's but, unbelievable.
2: But the, the sad part, the rain cloud there, Ethan is, uh, even though they've won eight of 11, I think they picked up like a total two games of the Red Sox or something like that. Like,
1: uh, yeah. So. Yeah, It's a pretty deep hole. I mean, if we'll see, I trust, I trust in cash. We've obviously debated uh cash for those who don't know, Brian Cashman, the Yankees general manager, us three, we kind of debate about his, his merit um, a decent amount. I, I'm still, I think pretty, I'm fully in the camp of cash. I, I, I totally trust him. Um, and you guys can chime in after this, what you, what your current thought is, but This deadline, I think, is going to be pretty huge. Um, You know, if if he can pull the trigger and and make a couple really really good deals, um, you know, that could be that could be the difference between like a real an actual good uh, second half that puts us in contention, and and one that doesn't. I mean, I might be overrating it, but it seems like we probably we probably have to at least try. It would be my guess.
0: Yeah i i i don't I don't know what the fix is but I am in your camp that I'm I trust Cashman and is doing everything that he can, no matter what those three-day old Twitter Yankee fans will tell you. And I just don't know. I don't, you know, Theo was saying how, you know, he doesn't think that you should be in a position like this longer than 10 years. Like it gets stale. And obviously Brian's been with the organization pretty much as long as we've been alive and, and he's been, general manager above since 1998. So a very long time, but I don't know who does it better or who aligns more, I guess is the more important part with Hale on everything. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's the whole spoiled thing. Like you you would think that we've lost a hundred games. And when I say we, I'm talking about the Yankees. You would think that the Yankees have lost a hundred games for 20 straight years. The way that some, some fans complain, complain about it.
1: I, yeah, I saw, I saw, and then, and then continue. Sorry. One quick interjection. I saw a little headline the other day from one of these like popular Yankee blogs. I think it's like Yanks go yard or, or Bronx pinstripes. One of those or something. And the headline was like, um, Brian Cashman should be fired for the Giancarlo Stanton trade, but here's why he won't or something. And I'm like, That's just so fucking ridiculous, like like thinking that this brilliant career should be ended on that one trade. I mean, is just insane. And also, G is like really good. Yeah, he has trouble staying healthy. So does fucking everybody. And you know what? Here's the thing, too. Um, The biggest finger wagging the biggest problem with the Yankees this year, other than the injuries, which is just shitty luck. Is is underperformance like two like what Colin's talking about is exactly right. The roster coming into this year, the roster was fucking stacked. We weren't worried about this team. It's underperformance. Glaber has been horrible. Gary up until the last couple of weeks, horrible. G has been big time hit or miss. DJ Lemay who has gone back to what he was prior to 2019, which who who said that same that was here going You and oh, I we were okay. you and I were in alignment. Yeah. Matt Matt loved he, the he still leads the <laughs> team in hits. He still leads the he team in hits. hits. Still but leads the, the underperforming team in hits. The thing, yeah, <laughs> it's all about the underperformance and, and the bad luck of the injuries. That's that's like the biggest thing. So like, so so saying that just because of the G trade, he should be gone to me is is like kind of a crazy overreaction. But anyways, sorry, I digress. Well, we're
2: getting close to the hour mark. Yeah. So I was gonna I was gonna steer towards uh, our, our t- pop culture topics again
1: oh it i forgot we did that last time yeah so
2: so uh, we talked about live music last week and i had an opportunity to go see a band i really really liked last night but i couldn't go see, like I'm, I'm getting old now i can't just can't
1: just go out there and see bands all the time now dude, we're all so the for same those, age
2: for, yeah but i'm 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 old
1: he, he works like crazy hours and everything dude know? i have a kid yeah oh, fair but, enough you know yeah, i'm the one with the cushy life right now actually. <laughs> um so just a, like, a, I love this band,
2: Electric Six. Um, they're goofy. They're weird. Uh, if you Google them or YouTube them, they've got some pretty wacky um, music videos and some pretty wacky songs. But they're essentially nonsense music. Um, and their whole point is they've stated they, don't, they only care that every song that they make you can dance to is pretty much all they care about. But anyway, they were in town last night and it's like an hour and a half away I do not really want to go and drive all the way to the north side of Philly to see them, but I bought a ticket anyway. And that was going to be my PSA is, you know, I bought a ticket anyway to try and support them. It's got to be tough being a tour music act right now. Um, I got lucky enough that the music venue they were playing at up, and uh, I think it was Sellersburg, Pennsylvania, uh, actually live streamed the show. So I actually had to buy a wow. second ticket uh, for 10 bucks to see the live stream, but I was able to sit home and Nice. uh get some stuff done at home and, and stream it uh on my my tv at home which was a lot a blast so i, I really did enjoy that but um you know if, electric six i'll come for you at some point uh i don't know you know they're playing in baltimore tonight so obviously I, you know I, podcast duties come over electric six unfortunately <laughs> but i will see them
1: i've seen them over 30 times i can't wait to see them again wait it's been that many times oh yeah oh yeah oh my god i didn't realize
2: Oh, come on. I've seen them in, I've seen them in Canada. I've seen them in uh, all up and down the East coast, all around the Midwest, up into Wisconsin, seen them in Chicago, seen them in Detroit a couple times. What's the,
1: what's the name for this? So basically you're like, a, what What Deadheads were for the Grateful Dead? What's the name? Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, they just call their fans
1: crazies. Um, crazies. That's it. We, yeah. Okay. I mean, and,
2: and there are some really weird fans out there, but <laughs> um, you know, I, I just, I, I enjoy the music, uh, you know, but the, the musical stylings of Dick Valentine, their lead singer, um, his actual name something different, but, uh, Dick Valentine's a stage name. And I don't know, it's just fun. It's, it's a way to, uh, escape and let things go. So, uh, that, that was my PSA to everyone that remember that it, it's, it's despite whatever hardships we may have had or these past year and a half for COVID, it's gotta be even harder for people in the performing arts realm. So, um, support them any way you can. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I felt bad because I wasn't there to buy beer and support their, uh, their earnings that way, but they got a ticket out of me and they got the
1: live stream revenue too. So I, yeah. I mean, I, I yelled at everyone about this last week on the podcast. So I'm sure everybody immediately went out and like bought tickets. So <laughs> for Maybe shows. that
2: was, maybe that was like, maybe inception me, maybe it was in the back of my mind. Yeah,
1: Cause you were, you were so much nicer about it. You were like, yeah, it's been so hard for performing arts. People like really try to support. And last week I was like, you know, what the fuck are you doing? Buy a fucking ticket. Go. You know, so that's uh, that's good though. That's appropriate. That tells the story. And one thing, actually, I will add on to that, Matt. You mentioned the live streaming thing. This is another thing. Like for those who don't know, this shit's happening like all the time now. There are a ton of shows that are doing live streams in addition um, to, their, to their actual in-person live show. And generally speaking, like the ones that I have seen have been really, really high quality. Like these companies are taking it seriously. The tickets are not expensive. The sound quality, the video quality is really, really good totally worth it
2: so. yeah it, for me it was 10 bucks for a show that's in a, in a pretty far out pennsylvania suburb in a tiny theater um really well done like the they had three or four different camera angles the sound was great the feed was great um you know it was it was it was i was very very happy with that i was very happy to uh to have paid that as well and um i could sit sit home and get some stuff done here not have to drive an hour and a half up and an hour and a half back and uh, still, still see my favorite band out there.
1: Yeah, that's great. You know, we did. There is one. We don't have time for it now, but there is. I think one, one request, that, a heavy request that we did not address this this time.
0: Yes, I know uh, who you're talking about.
1: You know who I'm talking about. Maybe yeah. we do that next time.
2: uh Oh, I'm Tre- a Trevor, Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Trevor. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll yeah. that'll come. That'll come eventually. I mean, that'll that'll be a. Yeah. I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm already anticipating your rant on trevor bauer ethan like i'm already well, um and maybe you can dial into colin because yeah. colin's our, our twitter expert here uh trevor's got a very prolific twitter history out there it's true right? um, there's also like you know trevor's got his own stuff going on you know he whether you want to talk about like the kind of this the spin rate sticky stuff stuff that's been going on this year in the majors or he's got a pretty pretty shitty twitter following out there that actually um went after a couple of his critics on Twitter and, and it was pretty, uh, pretty ugly the way things ended there. So,
1: Oh uh, I definitely,
2: oh okay. yeah. There's, there's a definitely a really meaty segment out there on, on, on Trevor Bauer. Okay. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. We'll I have think, to dig into that. I think we're going to have
0: to get the pulse of the listeners to see how deep they want us to go into yeah. this web because he is, this is nothing new. He has been a lightning rod for a long oh, time yeah, and, and right. uh, it's, he's in a, pretty tough spot right now to say the least. And yeah. if we can, yeah. I guess, figure that out in future episodes, but yeah. we, we have heard, we've heard the requests from, from people and uh, we well, we're, we're considering
1: it. Maybe we'll we, get to it next we time. We should. If we're, maybe, if we're, maybe we address we it once uh, the police are fig- finished with our investigation. Yeah. I mean, we could wait, but who knows how long that'll take. I feel like, I feel like, you know, if we're, if we're not talking about like the actual, like important newsworthy shit that's going on, like, I mean, we're going to, we're going to be talking about baseball probably more than anything else in terms of pure time. If we're not talking about the shit that's like really in the news and is kind of important, like outside of baseball as well. You know, I feel like we should, I feel like that would be kind of weird not to. So agreed. All right. Say goodbye to the podcast. Goodbye, podcast.
2: Goodbye, listeners.
3: What's up, everyone? It's NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver Chris Carter. And yes, I'm back. And I'm hosting a new podcast called Wide Receiver One, presented by Blue Wire and WinBet. I'm going to be talking to some of the best wide receivers in the game today about every topic that is related to football, but more importantly, the personal struggles. We're going to dive deeper into the man underneath the helmet, who he is, who he once was, and who he wants to become. Listen to me, NFL Hall of Famer Chris Carter, on Wide Receiver One, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts you we'll